And good morning. Hey, welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls. I'm your host. And I have a really, really, really good buddy of mine <laughs> on today. This guy, wait till you guys, uh, you're not going to believe this dude. I mean, he is off the hook cool. You'll you'll see. Um, I want to welcome my good friend, D'Ivory Edgecomb, to the show. D'Ivory, welcome. Thank you, man. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Thanks for having me, Ken. Dude, I'm I'm uh, I'm honored to have you on. You've been a friend of mine now for um, several years. I don't even know how long. Yes. It's been a while. Lost man. count. It's been Lost a count, while. Buddy. And and um, the first time I met you face to face, we were we were uh, friends on on Periscope and Facebook yeah. and all that. And I was down in Miami. Um, I was down there. I think I was doing some video work with my video guy, and and we flew down to do some work. I don't remember. I, I think it was um, s something Grant Cardone related. I don't know. But anyway, you show up. You you, you hit me up, and you you like what? And and just I'm gonna just tell everybody. The Ivory <laughs> the Ivory is a cop in in Hollywood, right? Hollywood, Florida. And, Hollywood, Florida. Yeah, and and so you hit me up, and you're like, you're like, yo, man, where where are you? And I'm like, I ain't telling you, Mister Popo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so you show up to my hotel room with a a box of cigars, man, and cutters and all kind. Like it was it was cool, man. I was like, this dude is is he's a cool cat. I did my homework, dude. You you rock, man. That was awesome. So. So, you know, look, I, I know you pretty well. You and I have become really, really good friends. Um, in fact, you, you, um, <laughs> I won't, I don't want to get you in trouble, but, but <laughs> I've, I've, like you, we, we're good friends. And, and so, so, um, you know, I created this show. It's, it's breakthrough walls. It's to, to help people have a breakthrough in life. And I know that you in, in your, your, your business, cause you have, you have a couple of different businesses and you also have, um, the law enforcement career and, and you run into people every day that are stuck <laughs> and I don't mean in the snow, <laughs> I mean, stuck in life. And, and so my question for you is, you know, we, I, I like to start out with, with you getting, you know, people getting to know who you are in my audience. Um, and, and so why don't you tell everybody where you were born and raised and a little bit about yourself? Well, basically I was raised in Miami, Florida and a lot of obscurity and a lot of things going on. Um, things I didn't understand at the time when I was younger and the more I progressed, the more I got older, I realized like, dang, like I made it out of that and really never gave myself credit for it. So basically, down here in Miami, there's a city called Carroll City, which is now called Miami Gardens. That's where I grew up. And growing up there was kind of rough because everything there was all sports, athletic related or, you know, fast cars, getting money, things like that. Um, down in Miami, they don't drive a lot of fast cars. They drive things called like bowls and dunks, which are like old school cars with like, um, 26s, 24 inch rims. They're very, very high. It's very, very flashy. Yeah. down in Miami. And uh, when I was younger, I told myself I would always, you know, have one of those or live that life. But the guys living that life wasn't doing good things in life. So it kind of clashed with everything I wanted to do. Um, I was raised to tell, I was told 
raised like growing up that football would be my way out. So you pick a sport coming from the inner city and that's your sport. That's what you do in life. So um, I played football, excelled at it, went to school, excelled at school. And when it was time to cash out, I always thought that I would be the one to make it. But I didn't make it. Unfortunately, it's a numbers game. And when I really started to learn why I didn't make it and what happened is really when it turned me into this business guy and this mogul that I want to be now because it was all part of business and marketing that I failed at. So wow. that's where I am right now. <clears throat> so so let's go back a little bit um, because I know, you, you know, you have a marketing company and and you do a lot of lot you do a lot of amazing things. In fact, I I I'm on your email list and I just got an email about our show the show <laughs> like yes, just a little bit ago. I was like, "Wow, man, you're the only person to ever promote it via hitting your list." So that's pretty that's pretty cool, man. Um but so so you um Back up to you said you grew up in the uh, the inner city, inner city of Miami. Correct. Um, where I'm where I'm based out of and where I'm from is North Miami, which is Carroll City, kind of like the border. But I do have family down in Overtown, Liberty City, stuff like that. And when I go and visit them, it's like a whole nother world. It's almost like third world city within a city. Really? And yeah, man. If um if you ever get a chance to go down to Liberty City, Miami, better yet, I give you one. First forty eight. If anybody knows the story of First 48 and where it's based out of Miami, it's those cities down there. The fir- that, that TV show? Yes, sir. It's a TV show that basically has a lot of homicides and unsolved uh, murders and everything. It's down and, in and, the city. And, and you want me to go down there? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, the, it, it's an experience. And I didn't learn this until I traveled outside of the world for my first time and I went to Thailand. And when I went to Thailand, it was a completely different world, completely different culture. And over there, it's based off of performance. It, um, here we have a in down in Florida, we have a six percent sales tax. So there's a six percent sales tax and then you have to tip someone over there. It's tip me what you think I'm worth. Dude, that blew my mind. That blew my mind. And then that's what really started to open me up to see the world and where I came from and, and what's going on today. Yeah. So, so you grew up. You, you, what? How old were you when you started playing football? Nine. I begged my dad for two years to let me play ball, and my dad would not put put me on the field until I was ready. Wow. And, and I did not like him for that, but it paid off. Wow. Wow. So, so here you are at nine years old. You start playing football, and you played your entire through school the whole time. Correct. Um, my dad always raised me to be a quarterback, and the quarterback is literally the general on the field. Yeah. Um, because of my height restrictions, everybody felt that I was too small to ever be a quarterback, but mentally, I was the man. If you would to look at me back then, I was kind of like the Peyton Manning of Optimus on the park because I was the most advanced kid on the field. And when I start growing up, uh, my age or my height didn't catch up with me, so typical quarterbacks are six feet or better, and yeah. I wasn't. But I ran the offense just like I was six five, seven yeah. foot. So yeah, man, wow. he, he prepared me well. Wow. So so um, did you? So you graduated from co- or high school down there? Correct. Okay. Did you go to college? Yes, I graduated from um, American Heritage down here, and through all the things that I've learned and accomplished in in high school, I figured I would be going to a bigger school. But I ended up going to FAU because only one school recruited me. After being like highly touted in high school, 
Um, I went to FAU and I kind of used that not as a grudge, but as momentum to push me forward, to set new records, to do things at a school that pretty much hasn't been established yet. And through doing that, I did well there as well. Wow. So, so you, um, so, but you did, you didn't play football in college or you did? No, I did. You did. Um, I had to, I had to sit out a year and that sitting out a year was, uh, was my red shirt year. Yeah. Um, it was a lot, it was three or four guys ahead of me that, you know, obviously they had way more skill and, and knowledge, but they seen the potential in me and those guys groomed me for the next year for where I will start the rest of my career. Wow. So, um, what about pro? Did you have your sights on pro ball at all, or? Oh yeah, man, that was the vision since I was a kid. I told you, growing up from where I where I grew up, it was you know a sport, yeah. and the only way to get out to get those flashy things that people of Miami like is to you know be a professional athlete. But um, I did get a chance to to train with a lot of professional athletes, you know, throughout my high school and college career. Um, going through that, I kind of learned the business aspect of it, but didn't really understand it because I was really, you know, one track minded. I didn't think that business and marketing had anything to do with sports or football. It was just what I'm what I'm doing is going to get me where I want to go. Right. And it's up to, it's up to me. So yeah. that's where I failed at, but I did have the opportunity to train and, and do the combine stuff and everything else. Wow. So, uh, so tell, tell me what happened. So after college, what, what was next? Um, after college, it was really no plan B because I didn't really think a plan B was necessary. I always thought that if I stay focused on my plan A, that I would get to where I wanted to be. Yeah. So it was really kind of a like a life and a culture shock that my whole life I grew up in sports. Um, when you're in college, when you're a collegiate athlete in a college, you basically don't have that opportunity to do internships or anything else or, you know, work side jobs during the summer because basically if you're on scholarship, they own you. So they tell you, you got to come back. You got to always train with the team. So I really didn't have any work experience. So after I graduated, it was like, okay, what do I want to do? And who am I? And what do I want to become? And I always knew I wanted to help people because I helped people on the field. Yeah. Um, I graduated with a criminal justice degree and I minored in sociology. So how can I use both of those to put me in a position to where I can earn and make a living? Because at that time I had a one-year-old daughter and it wasn't about me anymore. So I kind of really just gave up my dream to make sure I could take care of her. And I ended up getting a regular job. Wow. What was that regular job? I worked at a gun store. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> I, worked, I worked at a gun store. And wow. if, while I was working at a gun store, I was doing nighttime security. So I had two jobs. Um, gun store in the day, um, security at night. My parents didn't like me at all for it. But, you know, I kind of I knew at that point. It wasn't about me. It was about my daughter. And I really just focused everything that I was doing on being able to provide for her because I didn't want to be that statistic to be on welfare or government checks and getting stamps because that's how it is in the inner city. And I told myself I'd never be like that. Wow. And 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 you're not like that. <laughs> I know that for sure. I know that for sure. Um, so so the. Um, somebody's on here telling me to respond with more than wow. <laughs> okay, maybe she wants to do the interview. So, um, so, so you, here you are. You've got two jobs. You're working at a gun store. You're working, and and so you've got your daughter. What what's happening in life? I mean, are you are you feeling fulfilled? Definitely not. Um, I'm working at a gun store. 
Um, I'm working with um, an ex-military guy, another guy who basically blows his money on drugs every week when he gets paid. And then another guy who's in a management position that, you know, I felt that wasn't ready for it. And I'm sitting here like I'm at, I, I did four years of college. I got a degree. I've went through, you know, the hardest practices ever with the legendary coach of Howard Schnellenberger, if you know him. The things that I've done in college does not like does not equivalent to where I'm at right now. Like something has to change, man. I got to do something different. Right. Um, it wasn't until um, a guy walked in and he seemed to be OK. He was a night nightclub security guy like myself. Um, I always figured that, you know, if I put in the work, then I consider myself better than other people because I know they don't do things. Um, this guy, I know I was better than him at security work. And he told me he was getting a job as a police officer. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> he told me what to do. And then right from there, I put in at uh, five departments. And it was just so happened that it was perfect timing that I got hired within a month. That's awesome, dude. And and so and, and you've been there, I mean, ever since, right? Correct. Nine years. Oh, has it been nine years? Yep, this year's nine years, man. Long wow. There, I said, I said, wow, just to get to that chick. Wow, dude. Nine years, I didn't know that. I guess, yep. yeah, it makes sense, because I, I, know, I know when we first started hanging out, it was probably, you were at five or six years, I think, back Correct. then. Yeah, okay. Time does fly. Time does fly. So, so now, you started that, and I know because you and I are friends, I know that you still weren't feeling completely fulfilled. Definitely not. Um, going into Academy was that same feeling again. Um, I had a 19 year old guy with me in the Academy. I think around this time I'm about 23, 24 going through Academy. Um, it's a new culture. It was more of like, this is what you can do. This is how it's going to be when you you know, retire and this whole great life. But I'm sitting here looking like, why is really, are people really buying into this? You know, I got a guy who's in academy that's about to graduate with me. He can't even buy his own gun. His mother has to buy his own gun because he won't be, I think, yeah, I think he, yeah, he won't be of legal age at that time once we graduated academy to buy his own gun. And I'm sitting here like, here I am in this position again. Like, what is going on? I know I want to help people and I know like this is a way to help people, but I didn't really get it at that time how I can really do it and how to expand my mind right. to really just look around me to use what I've learned and the things that I've accomplished to do it on a bigger scale. So I went into this job, you know, I bought into it for a little bit and it wasn't until my incident that we know of that that really changed my mind and that really changed everything. It was kind of like that breaking point where I really broke through my wall as your show. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as, um, so you you had a, a, a an epiphany moment, so to Correct. speak, and and what are some of the um, positive influences that you've had in in your life since then? Um, since the incident or since graduation? Either. Um, once going through uh, police academy, there was my instructor that was there. He was. An older guy, he was probably at the end of his career, but he understood and been through some things and he pulled me to the side. Um, it wasn't it's kind of like an unknown thing within police world that, you know, cultures have to stick together. Well, still in police work, black people are still a minority. So, you know, he basically put me on the up and up and told me, like, if I don't do this and I don't do that, 
um, it's going to be more likely for me to lose my job and, and lose my career because I explained to him how I felt and why I'm here for my for my daughter, for my family. He was like, yeah, well, this is what you don't do to jeopardize that. And this is what you do to make a difference and an impact. And going in, he was my biggest influence. And my dad and my parents have always been my influence because they've always shown me where we came from and how they did their best in their in their eyes and their work and their actions to keep us away from that. So, right. you know, between my parents and people um, like my academy instructor and some other friends that was around me at the time, um, I, I tried to stay level, stay grounded. And the incidents that I failed at, I always use that as a measuring point to never, one, get a big head and two, remember where you came from so that you never go and or get into that incident right. again. So. And that's that's one of the things I love about you, man. You you are a um, I mean, you're just real. You stay you do stay humble. Like, you, you know, I, I remember um, you came over to my house out in Las Vegas when we were out there. But I I came I drove to the other side of the state. It felt like to, to pick you up at some yeah. conference. Right. <laughs> And I, I don't even know. I waited forever out there. I got security guards eyeballing me. But like, you know, you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm fun. sorry. There's something you gotta go back and look at the stream later on Facebook. But um, so anyway, um, so and and that's one of the things about you is you're just real. You're humble. You you're just a good guy. But. You know, one of the things uh, about you is I know that you're always reaching for the next rung. You're always, you know, doing everything that you can to grow and become better. And what are some of those right. things that you've done over the last few years to, to grow and expand yourself? Um, basically, when I went through my incident, it was a real it was a real eye opener. And your question right now is the same thing that I ask myself. What am I doing? How have I gotten to this state? And how can I excel myself to get out of the the mental breakdown that I was in? And it was basically that I wrote my book and my book became my playbook to get myself out of it because I've, this is the things that I've always done. And if I can repeat the process, I will always continue to excel and move forward. So basically, um, this is how I evolved into business as well, because I kind of looked at my life as a business. Um, every maybe two weeks or three weeks or so. And I know I dedicate every Sunday to really just have a week review. Yeah. I would always sit back and look at myself and like, what have I done? You know, what, have, what can I repeat? What do I need to cut out? You know, things like that. And once I did that, I started looking at the things that will make me really successful and why and the things that happen in those gaps of what I was missing. So every time I have one of those, you know, people call it come to Jesus moments. I really say, like, dude, who am I? Like, what am I becoming? I go back to my book. I write everything down. And then the next day, I just take massive actions on the things that I said that I need to do and the things that I need to keep doing and, you know, try to reach out to more people. It was because of my actions. I actually reached out to you. I mean, I kind of stalked you for a little bit. And then <laughs> I kind of stalked you until I was able to, you know, actually get your attention to get a hold of you to show you, like, hey, I know there's a lot of crazy people out. But look, this is me. This is who I am. And like, hey, if you didn't accept that at that moment, then hey, move on and find the next person. Right. But keep doing that over and over and over and over again it gives you like this, uh, this in interior feeling of like, hey, I know who I'm, who I'm becoming. I know that I might not be who I want to be right now, but it's possible because look at what I did in the past. And if I can continue to do that, that just sets the parameters and sets the the bar higher and higher and higher. 
Man, if I can do that, anybody can do that. that you know, you, as you already know, you're you're one of my favorite people on the planet, and 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 that's that's what I love about you is you because you, you and I have had some long in depth conversations about yes, you know, things in life, and 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 you know. I've just I've watched you, man, like you really go take a look in the mirror and you 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 try to figure out how to improve all the time. And that's one of the things I love about you, man. So when you know, along your 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 journey, you like we said earlier, you know, you run into people that that are that are stuck. Um, And what in just this is about your opinion. Um, What what in your opinion, what do you think? Um, the top one or two things are that that are keeping people stuck where they are and they're not growing. Um, I'll give you three. Okay. Basic, simple knowledge, information, and understanding. Simple. Most people don't have the knowledge, and they don't have the knowledge to understand where they are or what they're doing. And even if they have knowledge, they not they don't understand to dissect the actual information. It's a lot of information. It's a lot of things out in the world. People don't know how to take what take something for, with a grain of salt. And how to take something to run with it. And that that evolves into actual understanding, because if you understand one, the information and two, have the knowledge to dissect the information, your understanding will be on a completely different level. And it will tell you how to maneuver and what to do from the information that you're actually obtaining. So just those three basic things right there, I see every day when I go into my police world that people just don't understand. And I thought that that was just on that aspect of it. When I started in business, I was a realtor at first and you are force fed information and you believe that you have to do exactly what they're telling you. But then when you realize it from a big business perspective, you're only doing that for them. You're not really doing it for yourself. So the moment I start evolving in those three categories, things completely freaking change. And when I look at everybody, I tell them those basic three core examples before I give you anything else, knowledge, information and understanding. And that holds a lot of people back. I believe you're right. I believe you're right. So, so the, the ones that, um, I mean, again, you see all walks of life, um, especially in the police work. I mean, I don't want to make this cause I know that you're way, way, way more than just a police officer. Um, you're a businessman and, and, and you do a lot of great things, but you know, you see people stuck, not just in, in life mm-hmm. that, that, you know, maybe getting incarcerated or, or whatever, but you see people stuck that are, that are, um, that are in business. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, within those three facets, it's a, a whole bunch of elements that made you become you, who you are now. And nobody really understands who they are and maybe who they're becoming. And nobody really thinks ahead to see exactly what they're doing with their life and how it might affect others. So when I run into people in my police world, these people are just stuck in their own worlds. It's just them. You know, everybody's selfish. Everybody has that selfish gene. But a lot of people activated a little bit more, well, actually way more than I ever do. And that's one thing that makes me mad because if why are you so stuck in yourself when, you know, I can go into a domestic situation? You might be having an argument with your husband or your boyfriend, but who does that affect? You got a kid there with you. That affects him more than it affects you. And then whatever else is going on in any other kind of crazy calls that I run into, most people are selfish and they don't understand how this is affecting them and what they can really do to get themselves out. But 
they'll cry and complain to a police officer like I'm supposed to feel bad for them. And how am I supposed to help them when, hey, you have the ability to help yourself? But nobody wants to do that. They want help from others or they want to be given, you know, the world that we live in right now is the instant gratification. I want to help me now. Yeah. Hey, the real, real success and the real, you know, fulfilling of feeling of fulfillment is doing it yourself. Most people don't get that. You are correct, man. You're correct. So what are what are some of the um, what are some of the things that you you do to help? I mean, again, outside of police work, you have your your marketing business. Now, are you still doing real estate? Correct. Well, I do more private real estate now. Um, I, I help people here and there that I know who really need help. And yeah. I don't want to pass them off because I know I can take care of them better than anybody else. And you're doing doing some invest investment real estate, aren't you or no? Correct. Private investing. Okay. Um, so, but what are, what are some of the things that you do, um, to help businesses? Um, typically from a business standpoint, when I first started, um, marketing was my thing. I love marketing. I love thinking outside of the box. I love finding new ways to get people successful or get them on their journey. So when I started marketing, it was really getting more leads for people. How can I get them more leads? Every business needs that. Right. Um, I started understanding that once I was generating a constant flow of leads for people, they couldn't handle them. They had no back, they had no backbone, they had no structure, and I was getting blamed for that. I never really took their business on as a business. I just did what they needed at that time or what I thought they needed. Right. And at the end of the day, they need more than just leads. They need to understand how to operate their business, how to be able to sustain leads, how to have a, a, a workflow of, of, of things that's going on. So that evolved into business consulting. So now, um, from a business and marketing consulting standpoint, I said, what I do, I go in and I look at your business and say, Hey, let's get a 30,000 foot overview of your business and let's see where you really, really need. And if it's something that they really need that I can't handle, I farm them out to the person who I know I can through all of my connections. And that's really how I help them because I might not be able to help a lot of people, but I help the people that I can and the ones that I can't, I make sure they get the proper help that they need. Dude, like you're you're one of the most helpful people I know. I, I <clears throat> in fact, um, aren't you aren't you friends with with a celebrity or two? <laughs> I mean, I, I only try to be like you. So I, I try to meet as many as possible, friend as many as possible, and show them exactly my value, and my worth, and help them as much as I can because we're all just people at the end of the day. It's a true story. It's a very true story. So. And and I, I feel like um, and again I, I'm I'm I may be a little flustered because this 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 woman on here is is was attacking me. I, you can't see the comments, but I'm like, whoa. Um, but you know, I think that you know uh, I, I want to get I want to get more out of you. But you're doing Let's get it. You're, Let's get you're, it. You're, Dude, you're you're a police officer. You, you you're staying guarded on me a little bit. No, I'm kidding. So, um, what are some things that people don't know about you that you that, that they should know? Well, so a lot of people don't know that I wrote a book, and that book was an Amazon best-selling book. That it's like I said, it's my playbook to help you get unstuck. Pretty much, it, it helps you get from your your failures to your successes, and how to cut those gaps down so that you have constant more success. People don't know that. People don't know that I help businesses get a constant flow of leads in their business, no matter what business they're in. I've been in, I've been helping people from medical to startups to anything. Um, one of my most recent 
ones that I'm, I'm proud of is a guy that I went to school with. He had an idea. He bought it to me and I set him up to set um, uh, basically like a SAS program. He created his program to help kids in our position that, that were high school prospects that don't know anything going to the next level. And now he retired himself after nine months of us putting together a plan, us executing the plan, the follow up, tweaking his marketing, everything else. He's retired himself from an already six figure job. Wow. That right there, that right there blew my mind. I tell everybody about that because that's one of my most proudest moments. And especially because it's a guy that I went through a lot with in college and he retired himself and he's fully running that. Wow. Um, I also go into people's businesses and give them a startup plan, just like I did yeah. for him. Um, help them with just business aspect. You might not, you don't want the marketing. Great. Let's help build your business. Let's help build a brand so we can grow it, explode it and have constant growth because it was, what's the point of being in business if you're not going to grow? Right. People don't know that I don't have that title of a life coach, but through all of the things that I've been through with my training on the police side and my personal development on my personal side, yeah. I can pretty much talk to anybody and listen to where you are and tell you where to go. Yeah. So that that little key thing right there is how I'm able to be successful in just business consulting or business marketing or anything else that I do. Affiliate marketing, email marketing, you know, marketing is, is, is fun and I became obsessed with it because it's what I failed at to not get me to where I wanted to be. So if someone has that obsession and that passion and you know if you're obsessed with something, you got to succeed. Yeah, gotta succeed. it's true. It's true. So, um, <clears throat> With um, with the the um, I guess uh, and I, I'm sorry I, I'm I am a little flustered like I said this 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 uh, the the woman is <clears throat> anyway so um, I blocked her so whatever. come on now but on. but the 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 um, if somebody came to you and I ask every guest this question mm-hmm. um, if somebody came to you and they said they said man I'm stuck. My my electric's getting shut off tomorrow. I'm in the process of being evicted. I I don't know what to do. I I I I you know I don't know which way to turn. What would you say to that person to help them in that moment? You know, there's a lot of cliches out there, but what would you say like to help them get through that moment and move on to the next? I would first ask them who are who are they. Who are you? Because at this time, if I'm approaching them and we're face to face, you're telling me you're you're projecting to me somebody that's lesser of who you are. Right. Most people don't understand, you know, when they get into something, they're not really themselves. They're 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 talking problems instead of thinking a solution. So instead of telling me what your problems are, let's think of solutions of how we're going to get out. We got, but we got to first start with who you are, because maybe who you are can stop that eviction process, who you are can actually learn and see what you have around you to actually economize and make money. You know, it's a lot of things that it just starts with you. So when we figure out who you are, now I can kind of look and see what you have in place and what we can do right now to make you money, whether it's within the next hour, whether it's within the next week, and understand the processes of what's happening around you. And eviction is a process. It's not happening tomorrow. You know, um, rent is a process. It's not happening. If you have to pay a late fee, talk yourself into a late fee and that just buys you more time to figure out more money, you know, and there's money everywhere. There's money around you. When you see cars driving by, that's money. People don't see that. If you start thinking solution based instead of thinking problems, you can really think yourself out of anything. And I learned this coming from a position where I was going to kill myself, like in my position, 
I probably wouldn't have been here to do that interview if I didn't if do this interview, if I didn't understand that I need to stop being a problem and be the cause of solutions. I was a cause of problems and, and really thinking myself in a hole. And that was never me. That was never me. And I, it, 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 it went against me because I'm like, I was, I'm never this negative person and what happened and what caused it. So the moment I was able to come up out of that, I start, it helped me better in police work because when I deal with mentally ill people, I really understand where they're coming from, but they thought themselves into that position. Whether it's a chemical imbalance or something's really wrong with them, everything starts with a thought. And then from the thought comes the action. So if I can get you to think after that, I can get you to take action. Dude, you're like, there. we're getting some great comments. People people are loving you, man. And I knew they would because you're like... Like, dude, I I was in uh, I was in Miami for another another event, and and the Ivory shows up <laughs> in his in his police car and and has coffee for me. Like, dude, I'm like, dude, what? Like, you were on a little break or something there. Like, I I, I could like, you're one of the coolest people I know, and 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 I know that I've had those moments where I'm feeling stressed out or, and I know I can call you anytime, man. And we just talk, we just talk, you know, and you always, you always help me see the, the brighter, the brighter picture. It's always a conversation, man. Like I said, from thought comes action and it's not who you are right now. It's who you're becoming. So when you find out who you're becoming, you're every day, no matter what you're going through, whether you're down and out or you're up and high, you know that who you're becoming is that person. So every day is, is, a, is a fun day to live, a fun day to do whatever you have to do. And all of that other stuff, time management, all, all of that comes into part. Every day, wake up, live your life. Yep. Wake up, live your life. Because there's, there's somebody that died yesterday that can't be you today. That's, that's and, right, dude. Terrence Freeman's on here. Terrence Freeman's on here. He says, no donuts, KW. <laughs> <laughs> What's that supposed to mean, man? <laughs> uh, so so cliche. Not all cops eat donuts. <laughs> that is so I love funny, it man. I love it. So so um, what's so what's the name of your book? Tell everybody the name of your book. The name of my book is Bridging the Gaps, helping you bridge your successes to failures. So that's basically that book. You can find it on Amazon. I'm actually rebuilding my website to match what I do and who I am. Um, you can find it on my website. There, it's just my name, DeIvoryEdgecombe.com. Um, it's a lot of things that I'm doing besides the book. Um, one of my biggest programs, which you know of, um, I'm building out a hub of called Diary on Demand. And under Diary on Demand, it's going to be a whole bunch of things to to help you evolve as a person and evolve in business. Um, the things that I see a lot in police work evolves in, into my personal life. And it just hit me. It's like most people don't need the position that they're in now, wherever they are, to get them wherever they want to be. And I'm in such a great position that I have uniform, I have power, I have influence, but I get to use that in the right way. Some, I order a whole bunch of books and I carry them with me. Sometimes I just give out my books and I, I pray that and I hope that people just read the information. And sometimes the people who do actually change, call the station, ask for me to come to their house, and then they tell me the things that they, they have went through, the breakthroughs that they had. So I know the book was just like a, a, a first platform that I really didn't understand. And it was funny how the book came from me actually trying to help someone else write their book. Yeah. And just by setting that up, um, the editor just asked me to say, hey, if you were to write a book, what would you write about? I basically told him a mini story and version of my life, who I, who I am and who I want to become. 
He's like, can you give me a rough draft? Wow. And from there, I was like, all right. You know, I never say no to opportunities, and I always try to maximize every opportunity that I'm, I come across. Right. Because I've had numerous opportunities in the past that I failed at. So I always use my past failures to fuel me for my future successes. And when people fail, they just stop. And I like to be different than that. And I like to help people not have that same outcome. So I created Under the Ivory on, um, Under the Ivory on Demand is one, I'm going to call it my flagship program, which is the Legacy Upcycle. And the Legacy Upcycle is going to be a program that's really geared for parents because the things I see in the police world that people shouldn't see really stems from parents. And then from the personal development aspect of it, if a person to just understand who they are, they will be able to become the effect of change for other people. So if a parent could really know who they are, embrace it, they will be able to affect their kids. And then it just snowballs because everybody right now is living a down cycle of the information that they were taught. Knowledge, information, understanding comes back into that play. And if you don't know that, you're going to continue the down cycle of where you're at right now. So this this course is built to give you the knowledge, information, understanding so you can start your own upcycle. Hence, legacy upcycle. Dude, I love that, man. That's that's awesome. So what's so that that's coming. What else is coming down down the the road for you? Um, just basically a lot of training programs and and one on ones. Um, I want to expand the one on one coaching to group coaching. So I'm building out um, the legacy Legacy Builders Academy. And no, it's a, it's a word that nobody's really talking about. But I laugh and I joke. I tell everybody this example. What are you going to think about when you get into your so-called midlife crisis? Yeah. When you get into your midlife crisis, that word legacy comes back because it's really what did you do with your life and where are you now and who are you becoming? Why do you have to wait that long to figure out exactly where you are now and who you're becoming? So it's Amen. now. The time, the time is now. It's not later on. It's not years down the road. The time is now. I've started this program with my daughter who was maybe seven at the time. I started this one with my brother, who my brother is 23, and he thinks like a 35-year-old. You know, wow! It, it, it'll awesome. ruin, it'll ruin you, but it'll make you understand the world, and you'll be able to maneuver a lot, a lot differently. So, Legacy Upcycle. Um, I was coming out with something called Dad on Demand. It's a lot of distant fathers out there that need to be fathers, and they don't understand the impact they have, not just on their kids, whether it's a son or a daughter. But just themselves, because now whether if even if you're not around, your kids still see who you are, and they they have this belief of who you're becoming because you were never there. So you can change your aspect of who you are, but they're still going to always remember who you were, and you will never be who you want to become to them. So this is one thing that I've seen in business, from police to the business aspect of it, that's just parallel that nobody talks about. We can talk about money, finance, entrepreneurship. All of this other categories, the feel great, the fluffers. But who's talking about family? Who's talking about legacy? That's going to be my legacy. And I'm going to help people build their legacies in whatever fashion that they're in, wherever they are. I'm going to be that guy to get them to break through walls. I love that, man. I love that. Because, Pete, you're right. People don't talk about family as much. And and there needs to be a whole lot more of that. A yep. whole lot more. I love that. So how does everybody on the stream follow you? Um, you can follow me everywhere at D'Ivory Edgecombe, just my name. Um, the only one is Snapchat. That's uh, at D'Ivory E. Um, one thing I, I tell people is, you know, the social media and stuff is okay, but 
you got to put in the work every day to get the results that you want. Um, I have a massive following around social media because I know how to market and because I know what to do, the little schemes and tricks that people play to get numbers. It's funny. I'm a marketer. I know how to do that. But one thing, if you do not see me, you know that I'm working on something. And there's numerous times that me and you have these elaborate conversations like, bro, where have you? Where where are you? I haven't seen you in a while. But you know what I'm building on the back end. And and I focus on that because I want to put everything that I have. I want to make the content, you know, amazing. I want people to get results. And it takes focus. It takes time. It takes energy to do that when most people are just looking on social media to see the life that you have. But everybody should be living a life. I agree. I agree. You're right. A lot of people are looking at everybody else's life wishing they yeah. had it. Yeah. And 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 you, you just got to create it. Yeah, I create all the time. And every time I look and I see the, I look at all my analytics all the time and I see the people who unfollow me and I just laugh. I was like, they'll be back because yeah. it, it, I can't be everywhere at all times. I have to have that deep focus. And in order for me to produce something that's going to change the world, which I know it is, I got to be focused on it. And when I come back, that's when everybody wants to come back and see the life and the things I've projected in my life and what I want and how I'm going to travel and how I'm really going to live my lifestyle. I don't want you watching me. I want you to do it with me so you can be right there next to me. I want you to be on my feed. I want to be the person that's interviewing somebody else and say, like, hey, we had this connection and we did this a while. Yeah, that's built for. I love it, man. You're going to have the D. Ivory Edgecombe show here in a minute. <laughs> Trust me, I thought about it. You know, there's a lot of things that I want to do. Yeah. But, you know, with, with time, time management yeah. is a thing. And I really just focus on the things that I can handle and focus on making the main thing the main thing. Yeah. And eventually I'll build out this massive team that can handle the things that you see a lot of celebrities do when they're just on social media. People got to understand that. When you see that person, that means they've done the hard work. Now they have somebody else built out handling the things for them so they can be on social media with you. Yep. I agree, man. You're you're spot on. You're spot on. Is there anything else you'd like to share with my audience before we end this? Um, basically, I just hope everybody just understand where they are right now and understand who they're becoming. And if you're having an issue with that, then Legacy Upcycle is going to be that thing for you. And if you are a parent and you just do not know where you're going or where you are, Legacy Upcycle will be that 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 program for you is going to be backed by group coaching. It's going to be backed by a community and the legacy builders Academy is going to be an Academy where people can just come in and be real, be authentic and not have to worry about being judged because everybody is on their verge to building their own legacy and you build your legacy. Now it it already started. It's not the decision of, okay, now I want to do it because I saw, you know, the ivory he talked about it. it already happened. So maybe you have to rebuild a legacy. Maybe you have to start it and maybe you have to maintain whatever it is that you're doing. But you should be doing it with help. You should have people like Ken that, that, that's willing to help you. People like me that's going to help you. Understand that the where you get in this world is all networking. It's all who you have around you and the people that are forcing you to become the person you want to become. So if you're not coming, if you're not becoming the person that you want to become, who's around you that's influencing you to keep you where you are right now? That's it, man. Follow me everywhere on DIVE. Make sure you get that book. Make sure you get the audio. It's definitely going to help you. I'd love to know exactly what you guys thought about it, if it helped you, and how I can help you guys grow. Dude, you're the only DIVE Edgecomb I've ever known. You're the only DIVE <laughs> I've ever known. Like, I, that's there the you. most unique name on the planet, I think. Yeah. 
I love it. You're 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 awesome, man. You're awesome. You, you know, I, you know, I love you like a brother, man. We're we're like I always, my man. We're, we're always separated at birth or something, man. <laughs> know it. You know, and I appreciate you for having me, man. I love you, man. Dude, I, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy, and, and um, I, I appreciate you taking the time. And I know that you don't talk a lot about your police work, too. So I appreciate you talking about that because, like, you know, I, I, I'm friends with a lot of a lot of people in law enforcement, and, and um, y- you all keep that stuff pretty, pretty tight. It's a journey, man. It's a journey, yeah. and people, it, it's, it's, a breakthrough things people have people have breakthroughs all throughout life and there are certain things that you can't talk about um lawyers can't talk about legal stuff cops don't like to talk about cop stuff um and speaking of that i created a series on youtube um called call of the day because i knew that people like to hear about it but yeah. people don't know anything about it right. and in the future i will be writing a book to help bridge that gap so people understand about law enforcement and just regular people, because the things that's mainstream society on TV is actually false. It's generated so that you can hate cops or hate an agenda or people throw race in there. It's never about that, man. If people just understand knowledge, information, understanding, we wouldn't have none of the problems we have today. But it's an, cops are a necessary evil because we're kind of like the babysitters of the public. So instead of me babysitting you, let me educate you. So um, it, on, on YouTube, DeIvory Edgecombe, look up the call of the days. Tell me how you like them. Give me more feedback. I love doing those because I don't know what people actually want to know about police work. So whatever it is, I give it to you and I put it in as raw fashion as I can without disclosing a lot of information. Love it, dude. Love it. Listen, I appreciate you taking the time. Like I said, I know you're busy. I appreciate you taking the time and and being on here today. And Anytime. if there's ever anything I can do for you, you know. I mean, all you got to do is call, man. I'm there. One phone call away. I'm there. <laughs> so, listen, I appreciate all of the um, the comments, the likes, the loves, the shares on Facebook. Appreciate it. Make sure if you're not following D'Ivory, go follow this dude right now. He's, he's, he's heart of gold, man. Biggest heart in the world. So, thank you. I appreciate you being on. Appreciate you, bro. Thank all you. Right. Thank you, everybody. You guys have a great day.